Welcome in to another edition of the Tappy Keg Podcast, episode four seventy. Charlie Mitch, we're here. We're gonna fight about Josh Hader. It might be the most contentious podcast that we ever do. Um, we're gonna talk about what's a positive, negative outlooks for the Brewers in the, for the rest of the year, uh, and where where does it net out? Where do we go from here? And just sort of get the full picture. Talked a little bit about it yesterday, kind of where we're at. And now the dust has settled, where are we going? We're also going to talk a little about Packer training camp, overreactions, family night this weekend. And we're going to do a bunch of rapid fire stuff. Mark Carroll, new Bucks coach, Badgers training camp opens up. And Judges is no longer with us, as well as RCs. Um, so we will uh, look back on all of that but before we get started. Uh, Mitch, how you doing, bud? Recovered from Boston? Yeah, I'm pretty doing pretty well, surprisingly. We are about 48 hours since I arrived back in my palatial estate here uh, in Wauwatosa. And the Ross uh, residents. I mean, Sunday was a was a was a long day. Yeah, a lot of lot, heavy travel day. Uh, I flew into Chicago. <clears throat> I'm not a big traveler. Uh, things went about as smoothly as they could have, but it was it was always going to be a long day, especially given the fact that I mean, Saturday got a little uglier, I think than uh, than I I think I and I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, we had a we, we had a good time. I mean, I, and, and I don't mean that in, in any negative way. That's just, no, no. You know, we just um, happened we happened to find ourselves at a pure Irish bar and just started drinking Guinness like we we were in Dublin. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, but all in all, Boston was a successful trip. Yep. Um, everybody's accounted for, from yeah. what I can tell. Yeah, no. And, uh, and it's, uh, that's the most important thing. Right. Everybody's made, it, everybody's made it back home in one piece. Seemed like everyone got back a lot easier than everyone got out there. Yeah. So, um, that's the most important thing. That's what I was most concerned about, especially after getting my, Thursday evening flight canceled and having to scramble and get out there Friday morning, but it all, yeah. it all worked out probably, probably better. I didn't have that, that first night out with the boys because you guys did, you guys did three nights. Yeah. Um, so really turn back the clock. I and, know. Uh, um, I, I will <laughs> say as a PSA to everybody, and this is a drinking PSA. Um, it's shocking. I think if you can, Fly either direct, if possible, at all costs, fly direct if possible, and two, try to fly out in the morning. Because I think even when you get delayed in the morning, I got delayed uh, probably, it ended up only, I think, being an hour because I think they made up some time. But, like, man, it was was not good to start. I was behind by about an hour to start, and then – it just kind of all spiraled and then everything after it, because this flight's going to Boston. The cool thing or the thing that really saved my ass, because I would have missed my connection if it wasn't for this, 51 people on my flight were going to Boston. So because there were so many Brewer fans going to Boston, I was basically saved and that basically avoided it. Um, so that was great. And what it, Brewer fans know that those who went to Fenway saw the last time Josh Hader would pitch. Josh yeah. Hader now, now a San Diego Padre. Um, I think you and I both now have the distinction of Hader 
Hater and Prince Fielder, uh, last appearance, we, we saw them both. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's you know, it, it, it's interesting that we are in this position. Uh, I guess I, I didn't – the difference is you weren't expecting it um, on Friday after seeing him pitch Friday night in Boston. Um, yeah, I mean, he didn't look great. He didn't look great Friday night, but we just – we kind of even said – even though I think our BACs were not at where they needed to be at the end of the game, even um, we all just were like, you know what, just get past the all-star break get our all, uh, trade deadline, all the rumors, all the bullshit gets away. And then Hater will figure it out in the month of August was kind of the hope from everybody. I don't think we expected him to be traded. And I don't think we expected Josh Hader to no longer be a member of the Brewers Devin Williams was one end of the spectrum where he seemed very frustrated. Everybody was ready to jump out a window, say everything's fucked. And Christian Yelich being A, the consummate pro, B, the leader in the clubhouse, basically was like, look, we're trusting Mark, we're trusting Dave, we're trusting all those guys, to Craig, to make the right move. And they've done it for five years. We're going to believe in them. We're going to push forward. It sucks to lose them. But this is kind of how we're, we're going to go at it. And in a weird way, it's kind of sounds like a lot of the group chats, a lot of conversations I've had with you the last couple of days. And I talked a lot about Hater yesterday, so I'll, I'll give you the floor here because obviously you've looked at it at a more negative approach than I think what I have. Yeah. I, I mean, I did just because um, I had placed a microscope over, over the way the organization was going to handle Josh Hader and, and his trade chip. And it was going to be reflect a lot of how I looked at the organization and their philosophies. And my stance on Hader for about the last, I mean, pretty much most of the season, um, when it probably more the last month or two, when it, when it kind of became, you know, I don't know if this team's a World Series winner was my stance with Hader was, okay, you probably hang on to him for the rest of the season. You're probably going to win the division and just see what happens. Unless you are either, he needs to be included in a deal for some type of premium bat. Now I will admit that outside of Juan Soto, there was no quote unquote premium bat allegedly available. So before you stop me there, I will admit that. And, Uh And I guess, that wouldn't have really made sense for the nationals. Um, so, and the Brewers probably just didn't have the prospects to get that done. So it was either that, or if we're trading hater, you'd like it to be in the off season for a decent, you know, prospect package to, and then you can slide Devin Williams. He has the whole off season to be, to be the closer going forward next year. And if you want to get a Taylor Rogers or something, for example, you pick him up in the off season. Now, you know, or you were moved, you were given a godfather offer this year before the deadline. And, you know, you, you'd be in, still be in the same situation you're, you are currently at in, in real life where yes, you no longer have Josh Hader um, for the, for the postseason run and you're a first place team, but, at least you, you feel pretty good about the future. And, and this, you know, signifies, I guess, the beginning of the tearing down of, of this iteration of the Brewers. 
but like they, they, they didn't really pick a direction with this trade. You, you got Taylor Rogers, who's, I haven't even gotten the courage to look at the numbers, but from what I hear, they're not good. And Hader hasn't been great either in July, admittedly. Um, however, he was probably good enough to hang on to his closer's job, unlike Taylor Rogers. You get Denelson Lamette, who is, you know, a reclamation project. Okay. Um, and then, like, a guy who's, like, what, 22 or 23 years old and in, in, in high A, Robert Gasser. Yeah. Second and, round pick of the 2020 draft. So he has been in the league for a couple of years. Yep. And uh, or in the organization, and then this Asturi Ruiz, who's had a cup of coffee in the majors. I mean, not much. I'm not going to judge. I made a smug comment to you about how the AAA stats don't matter. Um, <laughs> that was a little bit of a little bit of a, a dickhead reply. It's I all right, you. man. I, it's, I, I, listen, but, listen. But we it's all... like, so who is the 28? What was the 25th or 28th best prospect in the Padres system? Now he moves up to like ninth in the Brewers organization. Now Baseball America had him. They said Baseball America qualified him as a top 10 prospect. Oh, well. So I'm just saying. I'm, I mean, but, look, okay. I, yeah, I hear you. Continue, so just keep going. I, I guess, I guess, you know, there's just a lot of stuff to have to digest here with, with all that. I mean, I just, I would have thought that Hater with two postseasons worth of team control would have probably gotten at least a top five prospect in a trade and you know i mean right away when i when i was you know cruising around doing my day job and listening to the uh to the sports radio machine um i heard immediately they got traded and of course you get you get the initial tweet where you know the big fish is traded right and then you wait a few minutes for the return Mm -hmm. and in that time i'm thinking i literally was thinking like uh you know we must be getting like Mackenzie gore or cj abrams or you know you know, not both, but one of their like top five prospects. And no, it's like we're 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 pick we're picking somebody who has less team control than Taylor Rogers, who's been worse than Josh Hader this year. So you are worse right now without Josh Hader. And I don't know, I'm not that excited about the other guys we got. Okay. And and, and maybe and maybe Hader's uh you know value has has sunk that far. He's only got a year and a half of team control which, you know, I suppose 10 years ago was a bigger deal. Maybe now it's like with these GMs and, and how savvy they are with, with um, roster manipulation and stuff. I mean, maybe that's not enough. And, you know, okay. it's just it, – and, and I haven't even really got into the Mark and Adonacio stuff. Yeah, well, let's um, – let let me let me retort. I know, I know this is therapy. I realize this. Um, but – I, I I'll stop you there. We'll, we can go into Mark A here in a second, but I think I, I think for, for starters, first of all, with Abrams and Gore specifically, they needed those guys for Juan Soto. There's no way a Josh Hader deal doesn't happen with those guys, so they were probably not even presented with a chance. I'm sure they asked. They said, "Well, what about one of those guys?" But I would also add. You have Willie Adamas for the next couple of years. Bryce Terang is knocking. Like, he's almost ready to go. They even thought about trading Fulton Long, which who knows how true that was. But, like, Bryce Terang's ready. Like, they have 
they have a pretty, and then yours Weicho too. So they have a, a pretty solid infield. I realize Abrams is better. I realize Abrams can play a little outfield. I understand that. But there's also the fact that Josh Hader pitches two to three times a week at most. Josh Hader isn't a guy that's every day like Juan Soto or a guy pitching every five days where you can rely on him, like the package for Scherzer. I don't know, Trey Turner was included too, but you kind of get where I'm coming at. And Gore, for example, like I don't do the Brewers right now with starting pitching, like they I feel like they see themselves as quote unquote set. Like you look at what they have now set up for the next couple of years with Ashby and Peralta. I think they're gonna try to get Burns a deal. I don't know what that deal looks like, but I do think at some point you have to pay Corbin Burns. And I would prefer paying him over Brandon Woodruff. I don't know if it, if Woodruff's the cheaper option, then maybe that's the route to go. But we can we'll talk about that type of stuff. So Gore, Gore's ready to be a starter now. Now he's an elbow injury, could be Tommy John. That doesn't really help the Brewers. And I think what the Brewers are trying to do is they're trying to keep successful and they think that they can basically create an aggregate of late inning guys to basically replicate Josh Hader. Do I think it's potentially very stupid? Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not the biggest fan of this deal. Okay. I think at the end of the day, what I've done, and I think it's because I've done this podcasting thing a lot is I want to give you what I think the brewers are thinking. And I want to provide that. Now I'll provide my own personal opinions in there, but like, that's what I think the brewers are looking at. They're saying, all right, can we basically let council go fucking wild? Like he does in September and just keep throwing bodies out there. And it's like, all right, it's this guy's that guy. It drives fans crazy. And I get it. I like the consistency, but I started to wonder uh, today. It was like, did council look at it and say, yeah, I could probably do a lot of fun stuff with, Matt Bush, when Kevin Rosenthal comes back, when you have you have uh, Taylor Rogers, who the Taylor Rogers thing, I understand that he's not been pitching well, but the guy has advanced stats that say there is a positive regression coming. Now, how true that is, I don't. But the the metrics look good that and the Brewers pitching group, the pitching lab has done really good work in the past, so I have to trust that a little bit. So. And I guess the last thought of the outfielders, Hassel is another one of their top top prospects. We had, we are loaded at outfield right now. Like, there's a, I mean, would it be unreasonable to think that Ruiz, Freelick, Widmer, or Mitchell could be our starting center fielder next year or contribute this year? Um, I don't foresee them bringing any of those guys up. Do you? I mean, I mean Ru- maybe next year. Ruiz's clock has already started, so you could bring up Ruiz. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you would have to start their clock early and things like that. But if they're ready, I mean, I don't know. I look at that and say that to me is a better, better move long term, especially if one of them can hit lefties. I haven't, I haven't done the research transparently on that, but like, I just feel like the Brewers feel they are in a position right now that they think they can cobble together. I, I asked, and I'll ask you this question. Starting back in May, when Devin Williams went on a scoreless streak, do you think Devin Williams has been the better player than Josh Hader? Just straight up. 
I, I would probably say yes. Right. That's true. And if Josh Hader didn't have the background that he did. Slightly. It, all right. If Josh Hader didn't have the background that he did, do you think Devin Williams would be the closer right now in a, nor, in like a Taylor Rodgers situation, let's just say? Um, you're saying if he didn't have the pedigree and yeah. – and, and he had the month that he did. Yeah. This is a couple hypotheticals here, but yeah. No, I, I mean, mean, okay, maybe. but are the, but I guess what I'm getting at is like, I think the Brewers looked at this and said, they, and I, and I stress this, and I, I know like people are like, this is a big if, and I get it. But like, if they thought there was a chance that Hater would careen, they would have no value at the, at, in December. And then if they, you know, kept Hater in December and said, all right, we wait till the next deadline. Well, who knows what happens there? Is, yeah, I mean, that, that, you know. I know that's a big if. I realize this. I realize that there is a chance that Hater just comes back and he's all good and it doesn't matter. But, like, what, like, what do fan, what are the, what's the fan reaction if Hater continues to be shaky? Let's just call him shaky. Let's not say he's that bad. Yeah, Let's just say I mean, he's uneven the rest of the way. What's the fan sentiment come October? I mean, yeah, but this isn't exactly selling high either, what they did. So Yeah, but but I mean, I, I don't I mean so there I don't again, know, man. They got the Brewers four, have, they, have squandered a trade asset. They they got four guys for one. They did not trade anyone else. They, it's a reliever. It's a closer. Yes, it's a generational closer. I understand that. But closers do come and go. No one really wanted to pay Josh Hader a long-term contract. And if you did, yeah. you don't understand baseball. Like, point blank. 100%. And but, I, I agree with you there. I totally agree with you there. And that's why I always thought the offseason after this year was the sweet spot where you can kind of kind of make a clean break and, you know, I guess, yes, hope he doesn't puke all over his shoes the rest of the season and, and you know, give up a, a ton of homers in the postseason and completely fall apart. But I just feel like the package they got, probably minus Taylor Rogers, is probably available for Hayter with one year of team control in the offseason. Some, something similar. And, we, yes, we'd probably be losing our shit in, in January if that's all they got for a guy who's, you know, a perennial all-star as a reliever. I mean, and, um, for reference, Rossell Iglesias, also a closer, nowhere near Hater's level, all it was was two players. It was Tucker Davidson and somebody else. So, you know, that to me is something that you have to, you have to consider, right? Like you have to... And- and he got a like a four year like eighty million dollar contract from the Angels or like sixty five or he's getting like fifteen million a year pretty much from, right. from the Angels. So yeah. haters getting probably you know close to a hundred, you know four yeah. for like you know eighty eighty five. Which I, I knew all like I, again I, I didn't want hater long term and, and and again you are focusing on like trading. It, it's for me it's it's you. <laughs> You're not picking a direction. I mean, you're just, and I knew this was coming and it's, 
that's my frustration. And it comes back to Adonacio turning into Herb Cole. And it's like where he's so terrified of a rebuild and a teardown, like the fans are going to disappear. And yeah, they probably will after, if you're awful for five years, but the sustained success thing is the bites at the apple is the, is the famous quote. I think it either was in the press release or said it in the press conference is in the press or release. Both. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you're talking about, yes, I, I want, I want to sign Corbin Burns. I definitely do. That's a dream scenario. So you don't well, do that. If, you don't do that if you're tearing it down. So you don't do that if you're tearing it well, down. Right. And so, okay, so then, so, so so then you're, my, you're asking for two things, right? You're asking for no, no, what I what I what I was going to ask you is fuck it. Trade Corbin Burns too next in the offseason. Why would you pay him two hundred million dollars a year if you're if you're not gonna be all in? But I mean but that's Mitch, that's what I'm saying is like if you wanna be well, I, I don't know. I, that's the thing. They don't want to be the A's and the Rays. I mean, you have to make smart moves so, with your assets. So they're trying to be like the Rays in a sense. They're trying to be maybe a higher level than the Rays, right? They're trying to do things similar to what the Rays do. I don't know if I agree with that. The Rays have gotten to two World Series in the last, gosh, um, 12 years, a little longer than that, actually. But, you know, I, I hear you, okay? But, like, there are some small market misconception stuff going on. Like I don't, I don't buy for a second that San Diego is a small market. They're a they're, small I mean, they're TV. Really. They're a small TV market. Okay, they are. They have the third most expensive average ticket price, ninety one dollars. To get in the ballpark on a normal last night is ninety one dollars. They are the only fucking show in town. Therefore, there is more of a desire to be a baseball city. Because people will come out, spend money, and those that $91 average ticket price will just skyrocket. And, sure. prob- and so it, have you seen how I'm aggressive not, they've been the last two years? Listen, I'm not done. They're the te- they're the eighth biggest city in America. All right. So even though their TV market is small, they are a large city. So you have more people, again, only show in town, not paying for the Bucks, not paying for the fucking Packers. Not paying for the brute, the Badgers. They are the only show in town. San Diego State, sure, we we're going to do college, right? But you have a, you have a ton of population. You also have people who live in LA that might be Padres fans. LA, Mitch, how big is LA? Is LA a big city? It is. Do we have do we we have maybe that a little bit in Chicago? But there's way more transplants in LA than there are in San Diego than there are in, in Chicago straight up. And so I look at it and I say, I understand that you, that you're worried about him being Herb Cole and the bites of the apple sounds Herb Cole-ish. I get that. All right. But at the same time, like tearing it down doesn't make sense with the guys you have right now. And so I understand the, well, then why not push your chips all in? Why not trade away Freelich and Mitchell and Trio and, and do it and just go? No one was worth Trio's value. Juan Soto would have been the only one. We had a we had a buddy of ours who's really plugged in, Twigs, shout out, really plugged in the prospect, said he wouldn't trade Trio for Soto, which is wild. 
it's wild that he say that, but like, I'm, I think he might be a bigger fan of trio than I am. And so it's, I guess it's like, I think a lot of Brewers fans and a lot of Milwaukee fans and Packer fans, and I think it's a fan base kind of cancer almost. That's probably a little strong. And I apologize for that, but it's almost like they are obsessed with having their cake and eating it too. Like they can't just be okay with what it is. And it, it always has to be something more and it can't never, they can never be satisfied. And even when Chris Middleton goes out with an injury, like the, the Bucks losing was the first time I think in my life, I have seen people be rather content with what happened. And that, and I, I honest to God, I've never, I, I don't see anything that was similar to that. And, but I guarantee you, if the Bucks lose again, here will be those same cake eaters asking to kind of try to be like, what, how do we get this fire bud? Do this, trade this person. It'll be the same fucking bullshit. I don't know, man. I just, I, I apologize for going long there, but it's like, I, I just, I, I'm kind of sick of it. Just pick a direction. That's all I'm saying. But, but and Mitch, they are. We they, can't do they, that. They, they, they do have a direction. The direction is in winning, winning to the division title and making sure you have enough to potentially compete with the big boys. And the big boys are bigger than they have ever been because of the way that owners are. Steve Cohen's a absolute, you know has all the money in the world. The Dodgers, all the money in the world. Braves are spending finally. You know, Austin Riley gets paid. And I, I guess this other point, because I, as an exercise, I looked at Katie Wu. She writes for the uh, Athletic for St. Louis. Yep. And I looked at her Twitter feed, or I looked at her mentions and quote tweets when Harrison Bader got traded. You know, like all the Cardinals fans are pissed that Harrison Bader got traded? I'm sure a lot of them are. So, like, is how many how many fan bases right now are happy with what their team did at the deadline? Padres, San Diego. Yeah, but there's not a lot. I mean, probably the Mets, Phillies. Wait, wait, wait. What did the Mets do? Did they get Contreras or Hap? Did I miss that? No, they got Darren fucking Ruff and Tyler Naquin. (laughs) And like, yeah, but that team's fucking really good. Sure, I look. I don't. I mean, they look at it probably as like we're getting Jacob to ground back. Why do we need to give away our big guys? And w- I think would they have put together maybe a bigger package for Soto if Soto wasn't in the division? There was no yeah. way Nationals were trading Soto into the division. Right, right. That wasn't happening. The Braves um, are happy. I will give them that. Like they made some small moves, but they also signed Austin Riley to a huge deal. Like yeah. that's okay. So, like, Braves are happy. Mariners probably happy. You know, Luis Castillo. But they gave up a lot. Like, you look at some of the other halls. I would say the Yankees are probably happy. Got rid of Joey Gallo. Got Montes. They, they got Benintendi, too. Probably tepid reaction from the Blue Jays with Whit Merrifield. And but they missed out on Syndergaard. So, they didn't get more starting pitching, which I think they need. Phillies, I guess, probably happy. But Syndergaard, Robinson, I don't know if that's enough what they're trying to do but like you know there are a lot of teams i think that aren't happy today and the cardinals aren't like uh I, the, the twins the twins made twins got like oh, like Tyler Molly. That's, 
Yeah, that's a good point. Twins, twins are one that I, I forgot. You're right. I, I'll, yeah, I can see that for sure. But like, I mean, like the Red Sox had probably the most confusing deadline I've I can remember. Yeah, and I mean, kind of the Brewers too. Right. But so, so let me ask you. So, looking at it from a pos- positive, I'll try to get you positive here. Do you think that the Brewers a have enough to basically mitigate whatever the Cardinals are doing and that they can keep their division lead and not miss out in the playoffs. Cause I, I personally think the NL central is a one team race and I, I don't think it's going to be the Brewers and Cardinals in a divisional round. I think it'll be the Brewers and Phillies or the Cardinals and Phillies. And, and that's what it'll be. But so what are the, do you think the Brewers have enough on both sides offensively and, and with their pitching staff to get that handled? To basically lock in the three seed, yeah, because I mean, it would take, yeah, it would, they, they it, probably do, yeah, it would take an act of God to, to get to that level of, you know, that two seed. I mean, that would be a huge, that'd be a huge thing. Well, the Brewers are basically 10, 10 games behind that. It's it's pretty much over with only, you know, fifty games left or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be. Ah, the Mets have done it before, but right. um, uh, you know, then you get the buy. Do you want the buy? Then we have that whole discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, they do. You asked me that, you know, again, I asked you no question, and it's, it's, yeah, I mean, they do. I guess overall, the team today they are a little bit worse, but I still feel they probably do have, you know, enough to win the division. But do I feel real excited about their prospects of, of making any serious noise in the playoffs? No, not really. And, and, and yes, I didn't really two days ago either. So, I mean, again, it's kissing your sister. So, you know, I don't know. I, I just, you'd like to be a little more excited coming in as a first place team. You know, could you, now if they would have got a bat today, that definitely would have smoothed things over a little bit. Um, or in the last couple of days, they did the, uh, all of a sudden, oh, by the way, Freddie Brault is coming back tomorrow night. Hope you're happy to the fan base. Um, that came out of fucking nowhere. That should help. Um, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to see him for a bit yet, but I guess we are, you know, first week of August, he's been out for two months. Look, he um, looks good. He looks good in his two rehab starts. I mean, they have a lot of bullpen arms right now. So I would well, imagine yeah. that they're, they're not going to have Freddie on a long leash um, tomorrow, tomorrow against Pittsburgh. Yeah. 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 Probably not. I mean, and Brewers kind of melted down in the bottom of the sixth here yep. in Pittsburgh, just, just yeah. for a quick play by play. Nah, yeah. Um, I saw that. And that I, I kind of watched it. And I'll be honest that like, that doesn't help things. Right. Um, no, no, it doesn't. That, Cause that I, doesn't... I, was, I was getting, I was getting real trolly when the Brewers hit three homers in the top of the sixth. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's go win this whole fucking thing. And then Burns gave up a three-run shot to O'Neill Cruz, I think. And then, yeah. then they threw a bar on a little bit. And um, now they're down by two. But Yelich had a nice slap single. So that's good to see. And Adamas just it went off the wall. So anyway. So, no, I think where if it – you know, I look at what the Cardinals did. They get two lefties. 
that yes impacts how they how the Brewers will face them, and that will be a problem. But the Cardinals only face the Brewers seven more times this year, right? Like it's not like the Brewers and Cardinals are facing each other twelve more times to finish off the year. I kind of think I can see that argument from some Brewer fans. Are like, oh, the Cardinals, this is all to beat the Brewers. It's like, eh. I mean, maybe if it lines up, you'll see Quintana once and Montgomery once and stuff like that, but you're not going to be setting your fucking lineup in mid-August when the Brewers and Cardinals play again, or maybe you do a little bit in September. But I think their September matchup is only like a two-game series, so I don't know. Like, I'm I'm not looking at the Cardinals today and saying they are too, you know, so much better. Like, man, this is a World Series team. Like, they didn't get Montes. They didn't get Castillo. They didn't get Molly. They got Jordan Montgomery, who's – like, I don't, I don't really think the Cardinals got that much better. Than the Brewers, no. like, I, I don't, I don't, I think had they got Soto and the Hater trade happened, it would have been a. I think the meltdown would be ten times worse. And, yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you since you know we're doing questions back and forth tonight. Sure. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Is I mean, let's say the Cardinals dumped out the farm system for for Soto, and we have to face them for the next two and a half years. Well, I mean, would you still be? I'd feel. I don't I'd know. Feel, I'd feel the company line. No, or, but, or, okay, but like, I, I just, I really, I, I honestly like, I, why? So I, I need to be miserable. I need to join everybody else to be miserable. Like, well, I, is that I think the it's thing? okay to be? You, I think it's, a, and I, I get that you are kind of the brand is to is to present you know, the, not even contrarian, but, you know, I, and I'm, I'm fine with that. If that, that's what you want to do all the time with presenting how the organization is thinking, that's fine. Um, I just think that I'm, I'm typically like that, but this just particular situation, the way this has been handled um, is not a good time. To, I just, I, I just see a lot of the millennial radio hosts sounding like absolute bitches. And I just can't, I just can't join that party. I'm not going to join that group thing. I'll let those guys do that on their brand, but I'm not going to do it on mine. And it's, it's a part of me where I have to look at this and say, all right, how like just bitching and moaning and complaining gets us nowhere. It doesn't matter. I've said that I'm not a huge fan of what happened. I don't, I would not have done this. If David Stearns was like, Hey, we're thinking about trading Hayter to San Diego. What do you think? I would say, I mean, there are stats to show he's going to bounce back. Like, I think that'll be fine. Like, I think that we should trust, trust in Josh, believe in Josh, that everything's going to work out and everything's going to be all right. And that's what I would tell. And, Mark, and Mark's like, Mark's like, Oh, we can get a, reliever who is a couple notches below so we can still kind of compete this year and get a half-baked pile of pile of prospects well right but if to, but i, I did to serve, to serve that, two but, masters sign yeah, me up. but like the thing is is of course the brewers aren't going to just say give us four prospects they're going to obviously want the want guys that can contribute on their team i think i'll, I'll spin it to you this way if they got all prospects and didn't get anybody to help this year. I would see that as a bigger issue and as a first place team. If they were where the Red Sox or where the Giants are and they're like 500, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. Four prospects will go for next year. Maybe they do deal long. Maybe they deal Narvaez. 
Um, and maybe then it looks different and you add more, more guys who can contribute next year and you get ready for that. And maybe if you make a run, great. If you don't, now they get, okay? Like, but they did get guys that can help out. I understand it was a Mickey Mouse year, but Dalison Lament has legitimate stuff. He cannot figure out how to pitch against left-handers. I guarantee fucking T. I, I don't know. I'm not. Some of this is if I guarantee the Brewers asked their pitching people and said, can you fix Dallas and Lament? They said, yeah. And yeah, we think so. And if they feel good about it and they can fix Dallas and Lament, the Brewers have the best pitching staff in baseball, actually. Maybe, right? Lament, Cy Young guy, potentially, has that potential. Woodruff, Cy Young potential. Freddie Peralta, Cy Young potential. Brandon Woodruff, Cy Young potential. Aaron Ashby, young star potential. That's your starting rotation. And oh yeah, Eric Lauer, he's still on your roster too. And you probably want to be Adrian Hauser, fine, fuck him. But like, that's, that's the best case scenario. And I just... Yeah, I mean, Nelson so, Lament is more, more of a reliever at this point. Today but. he is, but tomorrow... Today he is, but I would make a, I would make a wager with you, but I would tell you that I'd bet soup to nuts that he's a, he's a starting pitcher next year or he'll fight uh, for a starting pitching job. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, I mean, that's, I wouldn't be opposed to that. He, he came up as a starter. He has more starter, uh, probably more starter reps than reliever reps. I think that because the Padres trade for everyone and their brother, they, they didn't really have a, a spot for him in the room. I mean, look, Chris Paddock, for the Padres was like their fucking opening day starter, if not this year, last year. And I don't even know what happened to that guy. Tommy John, he got traded yeah. for Taylor Rogers, coincidentally enough. He got traded for Taylor Rogers um, at the start of the year. Oh, yeah, he did to Minnesota. And, and he got time, he had to get TJ. And they've had a lot of arm issues. They've been really bad with their pitchers. Ryan Weathers should be a guy that should be starting probably for a baseball team. Kind of surprised no one got Ryan Weathers. I don't know if he's hurt. I, I have no idea. Might be. But like they've had a ton of young pitching. Mackenzie Core has an elbow thing. Like they've had a ton of young pitching. It just has not necessarily worked out. And so I think to as we continue, I know, you know, it's it's mostly just like, hey, I think their hope is that they feel like they have enough to compete this year, maybe make a run at it. Maybe they do believe they are a couple notches below the Mets, the Braves, before today, the pa- or well, now after today, the Padres and the Dodgers. But if their pitching staff gets back to full strength and rocks and rolls, good pitching can beat good hitting. And and if the Bru- and the Brewers are that starting five, I would probably I would probably put right up there with anybody this year. Um, it's hard to compete with Degrom and Scherzer, but that's probably that's probably your competition. And who knows, right? I, I'm not sure. It's it's gonna be fun, man. And I hope Brewer fans like I I will give people a week to grieve. I will give people a week to be pissed. But and you'll probably see this on social media. So a little spoiler alert for everybody. But if you're still grieving by the Rays series next week, I don't fucking want you the rest of the season. Don't don't come along. Just say you're done. Cool. Go on to the Packers. Go on to the Badgers. 
maybe start focusing on the Bucks, but I don't want you. And I, I, I don't even care if that's gatekeeping. I just don't want you. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's a hard one to follow there. That, that spiciness. I mean, um, it, but like, but am I wrong? Should, I, I, I feel like a week is more than enough time to get over it and to say, all right, I'm done. Because they arguably, and I'm sure we'll talk about it next week, but like they arguably have one of their biggest stretches of the season next Tuesday. You have the Rays for two games. You have three in St. Louis, four at home against the Dodgers, three in Chicago, who's been a thorn on our side this year, and then three in L.A. Like, that is a massive stretch for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, they're fucked. No, again, we don't know, you know? They could be, and they could. the bottom could fall out, and all of you guys could look very right, and I could look very wrong, and that's why sports are great. Yeah. Because there are right answers and there are wrong answers. Or they can play yeah. basically 500 baseball and keep their head above water and if you know look competitive against these teams, then great. But yeah, if they if they go out and look kind of like the Giants do against the Dodgers, like the Giants have lost, I think, seven to ten to the Dodgers this year. They don't look like a competitive baseball team against the Los Angeles Dodgers. If that's the Milwaukee Brewers in, in, in two weeks, then yeah, we have to reset the deck even further and say, here's where we're at. And yeah, you can avoid the Dodgers until the NLCS, but the Dodgers are the Dodgers for a reason. So we'll see, man. Like, yeah. I've just, I, I just can't, as an optimistic fan, I have a real hard time going to negative town after the initial punch. Like, after the initial punch, you're mad, you're upset. I remember being upset about Jordan Love. Like, I remember I was not happy about Jordan Love when it first happened. But then, as I do, take a step back and think, all right, why did they do this? And so that's is exactly what I'm doing. And you could say that's a coping method. You could say, hey, that's how you're coping with your team not going all in. But I just I, – I don't know. Like, to me, if they give Carver Burns $300 million next year – that's that's an all-in move. Then you have Burns, Peralta, and Ashby for the next three years. And should you probably try to trade Brandon Woodruff? Yeah, probably. Honestly, like if that's if if you end up landing down Burns, you should probably think about trading Brandon Woodruff sooner rather than later. Yeah, and it's you know obviously no one's gonna be miserable for the rest of their lives because a fucking baseball player got traded. <laughs> um, and it, it's and it's not, you know, but you know again for me. You know, I know we're wrapping up here with this, but it's oh, it's not a, it's not about Josh Hader, per se. It's 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 about the organization and how serious they are about getting us a World Series. I just would I I, I guess the, the like, lack of the lack of direction is is is, is concerning. Yeah, I mean, but, I I guess the the idea is though, looking at all the moves that were made today, like. Had maybe they, maybe maybe Jackson Trio comes up and he's Giannis, right? He's just, he's fucking Ronald Acuna, he's Juan Soto, he's I, you know he's Tatis. Like if maybe. you really, if you want to play this out, if you really want to play this out, I looking at San Diego and you're like, how was this built? San Diego, if you look at their baseball reference, it's uglier than than just about anything. It is a fucking minefield. It is not pretty. 
Okay. It's like all of us Sunday morning in Boston. It's gross. And they started that because they got Fernando Tatis from the James Shields trade. He was a lottery ticket, just like Freddie Peralta was a lottery ticket. And Tatis goes through, he's the superstar, signs a 14 year deal for 300 some million dollars. And the deal, the deal is done. Pardon me. Then they're able to sign Manny Machado. They all signed Eric Cosmer in it, that same offseason. One worked out. One did not. But as I'm trying to battle through the hiccups, they were able to get a major free agent as well as a lottery ticket guy. And Trio might be that lottery ticket dude. And, and he's not even a lottery ticket. He's the guy we, we got, but he, Trio could be that guy for us. And then it starts the whole thing about, all right, now you build around Jackson Trio. And do I think the Brewers, as a small market team, should already be planning on if Trio continues? Like, how do we balance the budget and look at that? Absolutely. And that's stuff that the Brewers have to do that other teams do not. The Yankees don't have to worry about how to pay Anthony Volpe or how to pay Jason Dominguez, two of their top prospects who are going to be great. Like, they don't have to worry about that shit. Brewers do. Brewers already need to be thinking about how do we pay Jackson Trio. So, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. And I, I still don't think that this team is giving up on the season. I just think they saw it as a way to basically get out when, when they felt like the value was the highest. And I think, I think that will be debated for a long time. And the only way that fans don't care about it anymore is probably if they get to the World Series. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Or if haters to clusterfuck, right? Haters that well, absolute, sure. I mean, absolute mess, then everyone's going to be like, well, I'm glad we did it when we did, right? I'm not saying that'll happen, but I'm just, I think that those are the only two ways that pe- how people feel today on August 2nd might be different on October 2nd. Anything else, Matt Bush, tra- uh, Trevor Rosenthal, any, any thoughts there before we, uh, we, we go on to the Packers? I'm I'm fine with the Matt Bush trade. I mean, you didn't. You, Mark Mathias is trash. Yeah. I mean, you, you got him for a reliever who's, um, you know, having a great year. And but you know, I don't know. I think he does have some team control. God yeah. forbid. Two years. Um. Somehow. Half a million. Half a million dollars. Well, I think because the well, Rangers jail for for right. a couple of years. Right. The Rangers so, you know. took it took a chance on Matt Bush and I think that he basically took anything, right? Like does the, uh, does the service time clock uh, stop when you go to jail? <laughs> yeah, I think it does. Yeah, man. I talked I, about I, it. I would hope so. I talked about it on yesterday's pod. Matt Bush um, early life was an absolute demon of a person. And well, uh, it seemed like, it seemed like just you know, reading his Wikipedia page that he uh, probably had some ego issues and, uh, yeah. um, and clearly had, a, you know, probably drinking and drugs were, were a big problem. And, you know, he probably wasn't handling the pressure and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I don't know much about the guy. Kind of been, you know, coming back with the Rangers who 
are one of the more irrelevant franchises in, in baseball. So at least in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, they are. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know much about the guy. Rosenthal, I mean, I never heard of the guy they traded. However, I thought it was interesting that couldn't they have signed him as a free agent a week ago off the street, and now we're, now we're trading for the guy? Giants signed him, signed him just to trade him to us? Is that what happened? Yeah, I have, I have no idea, honestly. Like, I, I feel I, like I – mean, no, like, that's a good point. All the relievers, like, I mean, all the relievers we got last year sucked. So, I mean, it just goes to show you that it's, it, it is – now they're not Josh Hader, but um, they also – who was the Norris guy? What the fuck is his uh, first name we got? Daniel. It? Daniel. He was Daniel there. Norris. Yes. Uh, he, and, but he had a horseshit ERA when we got him. So, it wasn't like, right. you know, it wasn't like he was – he had a two-and-a-half two ERA, and he was just – I mean, he had like a five-and-a-half ERA. We got him. For next to nothing, I'm sure, and he sucked. John Curtis was awful in like one he, appearance, and I think he got hurt. No, he got hurt. He started. He had one bad outing, and then he had a couple good ones, and I got hurt. I believe is how it went. And I think he's still hurt. Yeah. I don't think he's playing this season. Um, and so I think yes, it's a crapshoot for sure. I think Bush has some really good stuff. And what's interesting, or I saw from a Rangers fan, like he takes a while to get ready. Like he, he's not a guy you can just be like, Oh, we got to get him up quick. Like a Milner or Boxberger, I think gets up pretty, pretty quick. Um, but yeah, I'd say, I think, I think he'll be, it'll be fascinating to see how they're used. I think Rosenthal obviously had great stuff that got hurt and he's had a lot of injuries. And I, I do think it's a little risky to be like, all right, yeah, this guy's going to be back late, late August. And, and it's like, okay, that's my time to figure out his role. And so, well, they've, they've got Jake McGee, uh, like a week or two ago, probably two weeks ago now. Yeah. They, they added two or three relievers here yeah. to, to, to deepen the bullpen. I mean, one of them has to stick and make an impact you would think. Right. And it's, it's good for a team like you alluded to earlier in the pot who has, relied on their bullpen especially in the postseason and in the high leverage games you know it's a move that I'm not surprised I suppose that um they kind of doubled down on the pitching instead of getting a bat just because again there, there wasn't a great fit out there frankly I would have I would have thrown a double a pitcher to the to the Yankees for Joey Gallo I'll say that I'm not gonna lie yeah I know he sucks this year but I don't know. He just seems like a dude who has a, a ton of pop and whatever right. for nothing. Right. You just get the rental. If you can get it right, you know, yeah. Just look at him and say, all right, Joey, like, you're going to come he in. goes to the Dodgers, too. So, um, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. And Gallo, and Gallo can play third base. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think he plays well. He plays more outfield than anything else. But we'll see. It's going to be – it'll be interesting to see how it all nets out. I well, I guess uh, to, to to put a positive spin on it, I mean, maybe maybe the offensive uptick has is, is more realistic, and some of these guys have gotten their heads out of their asses from the first half, and um, you know they'll score a few runs well, every game. I, mean, I, I I didn't expect much tonight. I kind of hoped you know Burns would pitch well enough, and I would kind of be good enough for today because I just felt like emotions would be running high and then the next day you kind of wake up and you're like all right shit happens you know you go out drinking 
kind of kind of just washed away a little bit and then it's like all right we're on to the next kind of what Yelich said where it's like we gotta like put and I think council kind of said that too but yeah I knew today would be tough so unfortunately they they're not playing well and it happens and if they but if they don't go like four and two against the pirates and reds I think the whole city will have like a meltdown uh and yeah we'll be good We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, and definitely Packer season is closely, it's getting closer and closer. We have family night this weekend. Um, and family night is, you know, kind of the start of it all. And I know it's not what it used to be. And there's, I think right now, the biggest overreaction, the clubhouse is the Romeo Dobbs love. I think people are thinking that Romeo Dobbs is going to be this great sort of guy. I kind of don't understand why Christian Watson was celebrating, like jumping in the air and got up. Like he was, I'm like, this guy has a fucking knee injury. Like if he has an knee injury, why are we jumping in the air? Here? Um, so yeah, Dobbs has been awesome. I think that to me in a weird way, even if Dobbs isn't this good and everybody's a little overreacting, I think it kind of helps back things. Like I think it's soothing the soul because there's no out, there's no overreactions about receivers right now that are negative. It's like, oh, we got Dobbs. Dobbs is great. Like, Dobbs is going to be this awesome player for us. And so nobody's rushing to the, like, oh, my God, our receivers look like shit. Rodgers is frustrated. This is going to be a nightmare. So I, I kind of see it as a real positive in a weird way that everybody's freaking out about Dobbs. Well, I mean, it, it'll it'll – open up some more reps. I mean, if, if, if that's the case, but so I mean, totally, but it's, it's just like, I would, I think, do you understand what I'm kind of saying where it's like, if you're feeling like there's no room to be like negative right now about the receivers, like, sure. I'm sure if the Packers have a pretty shitty first preseason game and it doesn't go that well, people might be like, Oh my God, like this team, this team stinks or this team isn't that good. And and everything like that. And this, this wide receiver stuff was complete frauds. Uh, but like right now, everybody's feeling good about the receivers. And I don't, I don't know, know if people are, are that reactionary. Cause I mean, I know that we're, we're on that a little bit tonight, but it's like after one preseason, I mean, who the hell is going to play in one of the first preseason game? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, well, Matt LaFleur did say like, He's potentially explore like they asked him if the New Orleans game from last year changed his approach on preseason. And he's like, you always got to think about it. Like it's potentially, he hasn't talked to Rogers yet about playing more, but I do, I do think there's a chance there will be more guys playing reps in preseason. I don't know how much they'll play. There'll be more guys. And I, I want to preface this. If the Packers are, have play have more guys playing in preseason and someone gets hurt. I do not want to see a single motherfucker bitching about that after all the stuff about how they should be playing more preseason. Again, Mitch goes back to can't have your cake and eat in it. Too. Like everybody was up the Brewers, the Packers, excuse me, ass about not playing their guys in preseason. And there's a consequence that when you play your guys in preseason, they might get hurt. So I don't want to hear if that's the case. Yeah. Well, it, it, it needs to be more than zero. I'll say that. Yeah, but I agree too. I, I think I think that any that any 
any rational person, I think, you know, realizes that Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to play even a full quarter. Right. Um, and in fact, he probably, if it were me, I probably wouldn't even have him play the first game. Maybe you do a drive or two the second game. Yep. And it's, then it's a quarter, a third game. And then it's, and then it's probably, you know, I don't know, one drive the last game. So they don't, they only do three preseason games. They change that. So they only oh, have yeah. three preseason games. Oh yeah. And then they have the, they have the, they have the week off, right? In between right. now. Yeah. So they change um, that. So I think it's really just that. Well, then, then, then fine. I mean, I, I still, I still like the idea of a full quarter in the in the third preseason game. Then you have the whole week off, um, one last vacation, if you will. I think, and I and I think what Lafleur says to Rogers is like, "Hey, look, I think your life is going to be a lot easier in week number one if you get up on the line with these guys, get familiar with." you know, telling them what to do, telling them to rotate. We'll do vanilla stuff. We're not going to do too much, but just work with these guys at motion, figure out like maybe a jet sweep here and there. So guys like Dobbs, Watson, maybe not Sammy Watkins. He's a, he's a veteran. Um, even Lazard, maybe a little bit who's playing could potentially play a little bit out of position, like just work with these guys a little bit more. So they understand the cadence and it's not, it's not brand new to them. And, and that same goes with like on the defensive side of the ball, like getting Devontae Wyatt and getting Quay Walker playing a little bit so they can understand like, all right, here are the things we're doing in Joe Barry's system. And just having that understanding so that when real game speed, when you're at U.S. Bank Stadium at 325 on uh, September 10th or 11th, no, it's not like, holy fuck, holy fuck, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Like, it's none of that. Like at least you practiced and you studied for the test. So it's not like a huge surprise. And none of this looks familiar to you. Right. And you're, and you're not treating game one, like the fourth preseason game. Right. Like, and, like, like they almost did last year. And they, and and they definitely did last year. That was such think, a fucked up game, but yeah. Oh, totally. But I, and I think part of, I think what'll help this year is the fact that your first two games are against your division. Like the second game last year was against the Lions, but the fact that both are against the division, you really can't treat it like preseason. Like losing a division game, especially with all the hype around the Vikings, which I think is a little excessive. But I've we've done I've done a podcast segment of that already. But I also am like keep it up, like keep it coming. Like the Lions hype is going to be so sky high after hard knocks, like it's going to be through the fucking roof, oh, yeah. and it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Like that's that's exactly what I we want. We call that we call that the hard knock bump, where everybody gets oh, like yeah. two two added two or three wins on their on their season total. Right. Uh, for It'll predi- be for like predictions. Simmons will because have they, a, because Sim- because everybody falls in love with the the third string guard that you know <laughs> um, got his ass cut. Some podunk like at the from, last episode. Some podunk scene from fucking Nebraska, right? Like, but yeah, yeah. you'll have a Simmons podcast topic. Shags. Trags, I think think the Lions can make the playoffs. And then Trager's like, Bill, I've talked to Dan Campbell. I, I like what they have. Like, I love both those guys, but you know, it's just it's very predictable. I know it's gonna happen. And it'll be fun. And that's what I need. And I think having the Vikings week one will help actually in a weird way help the Packers make better decisions about preseason. Because you can't take that, can't just lollygag into that one. Um, you gotta be ready to go. 
can strap up. I think there obviously be some motivation from Zedarius Smith. I would be surprised if there's some motivation from the Packers against Zedarius Smith because I don't, I don't think that was the cleanest exit. I don't think we've ever got the full story on what happened there. But um, that that's something that I, I think the Packers are, you know, a little extra motivation for uh, against the Vikings. And then the other big story, speaking of edge rushers, is Rashawn Gary's been incredible. Um, he just looks like an absolute freak. Um, again, it's preseason. Or not even preseason. It's practice. Long way to go. But Rashawn Gary's going to have a Clay Matthews-like season. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean. It's going to change. It's going to change a lot of things about the trajectory of not only the Packers defense, but the Packers season. Yeah, I, I mean, I called that last week. And I, I just – I don't see any way that he doesn't have a monster year. I mean, it's 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 go time yeah. for the big guy. Yeah. I um, also – oh, go, do you have something else? I, say, I mean, it, well, I don't want to say it. So No, no, say it. Do it. I mean, I mean, you know, injuries are always a concern. But, I mean, yeah. let's just, you know, you, you don't you – don't, it's hard to not acknowledge it in football. But, Look, man. I mean, Look, man, I mean, last two last two days, you had James Washington break his ankle. He's out six to ten weeks, uh, now on the Cowboys, formerly of the Steelers. And you had Tim Patrick tear his ACL for the Broncos, who's going to be uh, probably the third receiver for Russell Wilson, maybe the second. Like, that's a major injury. You can't I, I noticed that uh, James, the James Washington thing was on SportsCenter, and I thought, if he didn't play for the Cowboys, I don't even know he's in the league because I didn't. I, mean, I actually actually had enough. I didn't know James Washington was on the Cowboys. I I I, I had a big boner for James Washington. Um, not to talk about fantasy football, but like I drafted James Washington as like my college player in a league where we cannot figure out a draft day to save our soul. Like this planning is worse than Pelosi going to Taiwan. Like it's just it's all over the place. It's, I can't, can't believe it. Um, and some listen. I hope this is clipped um, because it's it's just been bad. And the fact of the matter is, is like, we, I drafted James Washington. I was like, where did I go from that? James Washington, um, yeah, was my pick. And I, I thought that guy would be great. I'm like, oh, the Steelers trapped him. This guy will figure it out. And turns out he's just a big 12 player. Or he's fast. Makes some plays. He, his stat line was inflated, but just a Big Twelve guy. So yeah, obviously wanted to get better though. Uh, you know, don't wish ill will on him, but you know, it is what it is. For sure, no doubt. So um, rapid fire time. What do you got yeah, for me? Yeah, rapid fire. Um, we have three topics here on the rapid fire. I, you know, we can call this Wisconsin Shotsky. I do this on sometimes on the podcast. I like, like the Shotsky. Maybe we should adopt it for this podcast. We have judges no longer. They're raising judges. Judges will go down. I think RC is also going down. It's been an eyesore by my house. Um, and it will no longer be a thing. Did you have any judges memories um, as a, youngster at, in the milwaukee area i did not i don't i never went there to drink uh because that was i never really went to a bar underage and um it was i feel like judges is already not cool by the time you know uh 
Yeah, I, well, yeah, by the time it was, I was going to bars in Milwaukee. I mean, they were mm-hmm. judges was already was already not cool. Now RCs, I mean, I don't remember any of the stories, but I, we definitely went there quite a bit. I mean, that was RCs was a was a good like Thursday night spot because I think they did like ten dollars all you can drink there. Mm-hmm. So that place was generally pretty packed on Thursday nights, and then like you'd probably go from there to East Sider or, or vice versa. And, um, you know, back, back in the, uh, the good old days of North Ave and, um, did, did it RC's, I did, I did a few, few nights at RC's. Did they have like an all you could drink on Thursday night? That's what I just said. Yeah. It was $10, oh, $10, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. $10, I was $10. Oh, you can drink. So we I apologize. Here. That's how me. For, I was, I was, re- I was reading the on Milwaukee article, the fact check that RC's was also getting raised. It is. They're putting in an apartment complex up in that area. Uh, I, I figured one or one or both of those sites would get an apartment building. I mean, God forbid. Right. That's all we I do. Mean, RCs makes a lot of sense just because it's, you know, it's it's a little bit of a larger uh, area. I feel like judges gotta, gotta continue to gentrify North Ave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's a great area though from an apartment if it's not too expensive, right? If you they which heaven forbid it can't be something that people could move in for at like a 700 to $1,200 clip sort of thing, because you have a grocery store that's walking distance. You could easily look at that judge's property and say, let's put a restaurant there. Like, you know, do something maybe fast casual, like, and I wouldn't say a food hall, but like, I don't know, like a Chipotle plus a subway or something like that. Just throwing things out there. But like, there's definitely a lot of area of opportunity um, to do that. And yeah, adding apartments is just kind of, eh, it's a little lame. That's what they do. You know, that's how it, how it goes. There's a huge, huge complex going up where Buka's used to be across the street from uh, the Metro Market on Van Buren. So it's, it's a way of life, man. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. All right. Mark Carroll, Bucks coach. We haven't talked about the Bucks a lot because they're laying low. Um, Tomorrow, Carroll added to Buck's staff. I don't see any reason why this would be a bad move. Um, I think it's kind of cool. Obviously, Carroll Carol was brought in by Bud, um, so it's awesome to kind of see Bud repaying the flavor. And it's kind of nice to have that quote-unquote Udonis Haslam figure on, on the bench. I think that helps out with a lot of team stuff, and definitely you know, Carroll will be an understanding guy with the, the guys on the roster. He is an actual, yeah, he's an actual coach. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did he, did he ever have like a cup of coffee with the Bucks at all in the last couple of years or like a preseason? He was, he got, he was in a lot of rumors with the Bucks because of the relationship with Mike Budenholz. It never, it never fortified. I think there was a year that we thought that like Carol was favored to go to the Bucks in free agency. And then he went to the Jazz. Um, I, I, that's kind of what I remember. Definitely a guy that would get brought up a lot in like trade rumors. He's like the maybe less sexy version of like Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder for so long would get mentioned. Oh, Bud and Schroeder, they played, they were together in Atlanta. It's like, yeah, but fucking hated Dennis. But okay, get your clicks. So that was always my favorite. But yeah, no, he never made it to Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Sure, fine. I, I'm more, more more excited about Charles Lee getting moved up to associate head coach, taking over for Darvin Ham. 
Charles Lee, the heir apparent to the throne. Uh, I'd be pretty bummed if we lost Charles Lee. It'll probably happen at some point. But um, unless, unless Bud decides, like, hey, if they win another championship and Bud's like, hey, it's time to step down, I don't know. I don't know if he would do that, though. I mean, those guys, they, they coach forever. I mean, Popovich is his predecessor as, or his mentor, and Pop's fucking – he's still doing it. Like, well, maybe – Bud's only – he's only 52. He just – he's about to turn 53, yeah, that's wild. That's um, absolutely wild. So, he's but got he, a good 10 years if he yeah, wants and, it. And, and, like, the other thing, too, is, like, it's not like Bud's going to be like, hey, I'm going to leave Milwaukee and go coach San Antonio. Like, he has Giannis. Why would you leave the best player in basketball? There's no, there's really no reason to. So, and I don't think we have a hot seat bud conversation three years, right? I probably do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. There will be, there there already is some. Oh, yeah. Those, that's from people who don't know ball. Like, that's just, that's simply put. Um, I think there will be if the if they were to lose again, I think they would be like, is Mike Budenholzer the Mike McCarthy to Giannis Antetokounmpo's Aaron Rodgers coming up next? Yeah. I'm taking your calls. Yeah, well, in my opinion, we have a few more years before we start that up. But hundred hundred percent. You know. All right. Again, lo- only one. Only one, as Ryan Rosillo always says, only one team wins. I mean, it's really fucking hard. Oh, oh and, yeah. Uh, what about what every just sport? Talk, what, what, we, what about all we just talked about with the Brewers? Like, well, I know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, had to, had to get that in there. I had to. But had even to, even out of the four or five legitimate teams in every sport that are that are championship contenders, mm-hmm. only one of them wins. All right. No, you I know. know. And, I know. I and the Brewers you. are the Brewers are not in that conversation. So no, um, you're right. But it, where they that conversation? It's hoping and praying. For but the were they in that conversation with Josh Hader? I don't know. I don't think no, so. No, I mean, not, not really any better. But, you know, what, what they did this week, that doesn't signify them them getting getting anywhere in that conversation anytime soon. Okay, so. la- last, last thing. Um, it, why do people get more excited about Badger football? Is it just a Southeast Wisconsin thing? Like, are people fired up that, like, Badger training camp starting? It's like, I just feel like, that to me is so far on the back burner for so many people that they, a lot of people probably don't know Badger training camp started yesterday. I didn't. Right. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a niche sport. I mean, in Wisconsin, you know, college football, I think, not a niche. I don't know. I don't, you know what I'm trying to say? Like they're buried yeah. in, in so much shit that like, yeah, in Madison, it's a big deal. They probably – and then, you know, but then it, there's always something that comes along between Packers stuff or, I mean, Brewers stuff is going to dominate probably the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just tough. And, like, are you really that excited for, again, a team that's, you know, going to win nine games and, you know, Take what well, well, they got one more year where they can go to the Big Ten championship game, then that's over. Maybe, maybe. I mean, right now, I just saw I was probably gonna do something uh with this tomorrow, so I won't do too much. But like, 
I saw their 14th in a preseason thing from CBS Sports. I was like, that's high. Like, I mean, they have some questions on that offensive line. They're replacing their entire secondary. Like, front seven's still solid, but it's like, and I know Braylon Allen's good, but it's like, they're really the third best Big Ten team, but behind Ohio State and Michigan. Like, all right. Like, I do, I can make a case that it's better they're playing Ohio State in September than they are in November. I think that's going to help them. But, I mean, it's a snowball's chance of how they win that game. I mean, that would be an all-time upset if they were to beat Ohio State in Ohio State, no matter, unless, like, C.J. Stroud was hurt and they were playing with back quarterback. But even then, I think Ohio State would still be favored probably by six, six and a half points, if not more. Yeah, well, that would be – I mean, I, I would say that would be better to face them later in the year. Oh, interesting. Just given, just given Paul Chris, um history with, well, well, you know, maybe, not, maybe not, not, not loosening the tassels. Yeah. So, you know, a, a handful of games in. I mean, they did uh, – Actually be, trusting his quarterback for once in our lifetimes. It did be – they did be Graham Mertz. Or not Mertz. They did beat LSU – um, week one years ago, now that LSU team turned out to not be good, unless Miles got fired halfway through that year, but still, like that's that's a worthy footnote. Um, the other Is that thing, the I, game in Lambo, yeah. The other yeah. thing that I speaking to that Mertz point though, which I wanted, I guess we could mention here, is like Andy Davis has looked super solid for the Green Bay Packers. He's not gonna make the team probably a practice squad guy, but like. If you would tell me Danny Davis is going to be on a practice squad to start an NFL a year, I'd say you're fucking crazy. And I, again, that kind of speaks to maybe a little bit of the Paul Chris stuff where it's like, so you have a guy who's going to be a practice squad receiver and you didn't, you didn't really, I don't know. I never really saw Danny Davis as a guy who could be a potential NFL guy. I don't know. I feel like that speaks a little bit to what Paul Chris has been unable to do as a play caller, but now Bobby Ingram, who knows, maybe it'll be a little different. Yeah, we'll see. That's true. They do have a new play caller. Hopefully uh, he sticks to that. Yeah. And maybe it'll be a disaster and we're right back where we started, but yeah, um, yeah it'll uh, it at least add a little bit of spice. So yeah, we have that, but at least they're we, trying it. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we'll be back next week. Um, so we will talk that um, and yeah. Thank you. Um, I thought it was as civil as it could be, Mitch. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the discourse. Um, you know, it's it's always fun to be a little combative. So we'll uh, maybe maybe a poll comes out to see who won, won the hater argument. Um, so it's it's gonna be a good one. It's one a lot of fans will talk about the rest of the summer, and into the spring or into the fall. It should be fall. summer comes after fall. I'm a smart person. I graduated from college. I promise. Yep. All right. See you later, bud. All right. Go, Padre. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'll leave it on that. All right. We'll talk to you later. Back tomorrow. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you then for another edition of Daily Tap. Time to take this week. See you, guys. Bye. Peace.